You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 65. So this episode, we ended last episode on the Vegas trip. It's a three-part Vegas trip, and this will be the last part. Uh, But me and Tyler just got done playing at Doghouse. And we're going to go ahead and go over this session because all the hands are kind of fresh on our minds. We both got in some interesting spots. And then at the very end, I'll go over the, the rest of the Vegas trip. Right. I mean, the problem with having a three-part Vegas trip is, one, I wasn't in the Vegas trip, so I still have to play some poker, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> so it was weird, and then you happen to be at this session, so we still need to finish your trip, but uh, we're just recording right after the session, so kind of just doing it while it's fresh in our minds, and we had some pretty interesting hands. Yeah, this was a uh, really interesting session. Uh, so... I guess since I was actually kind of deep stacked when you got to my table, I'll go over the first. Uh, there's a couple hands that set this up. I was th- three betting quite a bit, and I mean I wasn't like bullying. It was I think I three I put a bit of three bet with king queen and got one through. I put a one in with like I think ace king. And I think people thought I was bullying, which I love when this happens, when they kind of get a, like, a perception of you that's not actually real. With that king-queen three-bet, was it a squeeze or was it a legit three-bet? It was a squeeze. Okay. I was about to say, I was thinking, uh, that's kind of what I was thinking. But, okay, but still looks like you're playing very aggressive, right? Yeah, and it's, and, like, this game that we were playing, like, it's a squeeze and that's why I did it. But I don't think everybody recognizes what a squeeze uh, is, actually, at this game. So, I mean, it just looks like I'm bullying the table. No, absolutely. I, I can agree with that. Uh, so, we get a, so, I get quite a few in. I end up with pocket kings. And I'm loving this because I don't think I'm going to get a ton of credit here. Someone raises, another person calls, and I end up uh, 15, and the other person calls 15. I end up making it 65. I've kind of toyed around with making smaller sizing, but with with this exact hand, and like after I've three bet a couple times, I feel like someone's going to be like, I'm sick of your shit. So go over it one more time. So it went how many? So it went raising how many callers? There was one uh, raise to 15, and then there was a call to my direct right, and then I make it 65. Okay, um, I think I like that. I don't yeah. think I don't think I like going much bigger. No, I was thinking smaller. I've been kind of like oh. actually doing some smaller sizing I because I don't want everybody just folding out all of their worst hands. But I felt okay using the kind of this. This is kind of the sizing we were using, but I had kind of dropped it a little bit. Okay, I thought you were saying that you've been playing around with small sizes, and this was one of your small sizes. I don't know how much bigger you were planning on betting, but. Oh, no, no. This is kind of like going back to where I was. Okay, which I uh, like this a lot, but okay, continue. Uh, and I'm like, well, hopefully one calls. Well, two players call. 
so it's 65. So we're going like 130, 195 to the flop. And I mean, this I've just caught into the session. Uh, I mean, we you've already heard two sessions of me running like horrible with pocket kings. So I'm like, please give me a clean flop. Uh, I get a very clean flop with like an eight high flop. I choose to bet very small. I don't think most of... I want to keep all the overpairs under kings in there, and I don't really... Uh, I don't need much protection. I mean, they're only drawing the two out, so I choose a just a little over third pot at 75. At first... I, whenever you told me this, I was like, "Ooh, I wouldn't. I would have bet bigger." But then, after your reasoning on it, I think you played this one very well. Just how strong you were. I mean, they're probably calling that seventy-five with Queen Jack. Well, I want to keep as much of their ranges as as, as possible because the big thing is I'm going to be able to get it all in on the turn. If I get any calls of this size, I can still get it all in on the turn. Right. Yeah. That's. Yeah, that that was kind of once you broke down uh, your reasonings for the bet size, I liked it. At first, I was thinking 75. Seemed, uh, I would have liked a little bit bigger, but. Well, I think a lot of this comes from actually from playing in Vegas, too, where you're like going dealing with st smaller stack sizes. So in Texas, yeah, a lot when you're deeper, you probably should be doing de uh, a little bit bigger. So I bet 75. The first guy f uh, tanks for a while and folds. The other guy calls a pretty, a pretty quick call, too. The turn is, I think, pairs the board of, like, threes. Uh, doesn't really change anything. And I he checks, I jam, he snap calls. I mean, he snap calls so fast, I'm a little worried, actually, when he does it. Like I say, I've been running very bad with kings. Uh, and we run it out, and I show kings, and I'm good. And I'm sure he had, like, pocket nines or something like that. Oh, okay, I was going to say, like, top pair, top kicker, but okay. Yeah, I thought, I mean, he never showed, so I don't really know. But, I mean, I kind of assumed, like, uh, overpay. It was such a, a uh, I mean, I think the top the top card was, like, an 8 that he could have easily had, like, pocket 10s or something like that. So, that was really good. That got me off to a really good start. And then you get there, kind of when I'm already fairly deep stacked. You were, yeah, you were pretty deep stacked when I arrived. I was thinking things had to be going great for you. Oh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, so that's how probably when you arrived. You want to go over one of the uh, one of the yeah. beginning hands you had? Um, yes, I guess I started off, and I I had, like, a combo draw that bricked, and that was kind of expensive. And I had one other hand that kind of just completely fizzled out, and I was like, well, this is not great. Um, and then I get, so this is going to, this is going to be a strange hand. So I think I kind of, I don't know if I was up. I guess I had to have been up a little bit before this hand, right? Maybe I'll recognize it once you start in on the hand. Okay. Um, so I'm in this button straddle with eight, five suited clubs. Okay. Everybody, a few people call the six. A very aggressive player who's already three bet my straddle a few times. Or not three bet, sorry, like raised on my straddle. He made it 35. And we're both pretty deep stack. Yeah, I guess I was up because I remember I was um, thinking that uh, we were about the same stack. Um, I was like, well, 
okay, I'll put this call in. Loose call. Okay. The One of the early position guys, I think maybe in the big blind, he goes all in for like 61. Okay. Or, yeah, 61, 67, somewhere in there. The other guy calls. I'm like, well, now I just, obviously I'm calling here, right? Yeah, I didn't realize that first guy raised so much. I thought it was, I thought he raised like twenty or twenty, and then the other guy uh, made it. I mean, let's say I didn't realize that was you called such a gigantic bet on this on the straddle here. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying because his jam wasn't even a min click. Well, uh, yeah, okay, that makes. I mean, the, once you call that first bet, you're never folding the, the, a jam. And that's why I said to you guys, I was like, well, if this gets a showdown, this is going to be embarrassing. I mean, this is a disaster. I mean, I mean, you actually verbalized this. Day. Yeah. I, like, this- I mean, this is not something that you're just like thinking in your head. You said this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, either, what did I say? I said, if this gets a showdown, you guys, either, you guys are either in trouble or this is going to be embarrassing. That's kind of <laughs> how that hand pans out normally, right? <laughs> um, so I make the call. I say that I give that little speech to you and the other guy who's all in. The flop comes Jack Jack eight. No draw, no flush draw, anything. So I'm like, okay. The guy bets a hundred and twenty five or was it hundred and fifty? I think it was might have been hundred and twenty five. Okay, we'll call it hundred and twenty five. Yeah. He bets hundred and twenty five. I think this could be a standard C bet, the ace king, ace queen. Okay, I'll call. So I call. The turn is an eight. And I'm thinking he's going to have a ton of give-ups here with the ace-king. Right. I mean, definitely seems like it. He goes all in for like 350, 375, somewhere in there. Let's go, let's go, let's go to the flop. Because, I mean, this, this hand plays so strangely. So when he bets the flop and you call, here's a problem: is none of his bets make sense here. Uh, well, I guess he could have a. I mean, because here's the: if he has a, oh, you know what? When the guy jammed pre-flop, it did not reopen the pot, did it? Correct, but it wasn't even a min click. This changes a lot on this hand. I thought it did at the when I was at the table. Okay, so at this point, this guy does have aces, kings, and queens. Oh yeah, which I had ruled out at the table because I thought he would go over the top. So okay, so he bets he bets one uh, one twenty five. You call five eight. You hit an eight. the The problem being here is I'd be nervous because I'm not sure ace king ace queen bets into a dry pot. Do you think he would or in the moment I did? Well, in the moment. I mean, I mean he very well could. I mean, it's a possibility. Well, here's the thing is that that main pot was still pretty big and Ace King could be good up against someone who's jamming on preflop, right? That could be Oh, it's a definitely a possibility. So if I'm him, I'm probably still betting there. Okay, so you uh you make the call for uh with with the 5 8 and and then he fires again on the turn. He goes all in. For how much? I think it was either three fifty, three seventy five in that ballpark. So this is a huge bet, even in relation to the pot. Yes. 
and the turn is an eight. So you've now turned bottom boat. Correct. And I hum and haw for, I don't normally tank that long at the table. You can probably agree with that. Yes, agree. This one, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to kind of, you know, I kind of thought about this one for a minute. And um, Go ahead. See, I think, oh, let's clarify, because I think it's going to sound to the listeners a little nitty. So it, the board is Jack-Jack 8-8. Eight, eight. The problem being is that you have a boat here, but how many hands are playing this way that you're beating? So not, I was thinking not many. I was thinking everything I beat checks that turn. But what weighed me in, uh, what weighed heavy in my mind and kind of slid me into the calling was whenever I gave that mini speech preflop about how I have such a bad hand. Because now, like, nobody's saying that about Ace Jack or Correct. King Jack suited or something like that. So you're just taking out some of the jacks out of your hand. Right. Well, I mean, he, probably, he might just be thinking that he's just going to try to steal that 125 he bet earlier. Because am I going to just call an all-in with ace high or whatever suit, four, five suited I have, right? So I was thinking he could just be making a play at the pot here, too, is what I was thinking. See, here was my problem, is this is such a dry flop. Once he bets into a dry pot nonetheless, where there's very few bluffs, and you call, you're kind of polarized here to having a jack, an eight, maybe nine, ten suited. And then maybe like pocket, like a pocket pair, like nines or something like that. And none of it made sense for him to bet. None of it made sense for him to bet against unless he has a jack. Right? I mean, I was very, I was, this was where I, because when I was in, like, I was right next to you on this one. And I was like, ooh, this, it seems like such a horrible spot. Yeah, I didn't even know what I had. It's <laughs> 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 just a bad spot in general. <laughs> yeah. But I end up, I was thinking, well, I mean, I guess this is just going to be how it goes down for me, I guess. So I make the call because I was thinking he might just be stealing it just because what he heard me say pre-flop, which would lead him to making more calls here. Right. And I told him, I called and I said, you know, any jack is good. You know, jack is good. And he rolls over pocket queens. I I think this guy, like, I got the impression this guy was a pretty decent player. And that this is just one of those hands that, like, for everybody, it just goes off the rails. Because I think this is such a, not a great play with pocket queens. I just, once you call, if you have a jack, you're dead. Now, the only other card is an eight, and if that guy just got there. And then, against all the other hands, you might be winning, but you need very little protection. And they're almost always folding to this jam. I mean, you almost folded second boat to this this hand. Oh, I was really giving it a, a few minutes to think about, yeah. So, I mean, hands like pocket tens, pocket nines, that need very little protection from, you, uh, they're just folding. This this jam made just did not make a lot of sense, and I think it was just one of those in the moment. Like I say, I mean, we've all made we've all done this. I mean, whether you're a good player or not, a play that didn't make sense afterwards. But you reading it and making the call here, I thought was I know it sounds kind of nitty from like a 
a boat perspective when your head's up, but not a lot of made sense. Not anything made sense here. Well, I mean, once he continues on the turn, yeah, I mean, that's whenever you can start contemplating the fold, right? Because, like I said, I thought everything other than a jack almost was basically giving uh, giving up there on that turn. Yeah, uh, same here. I just did not see what he could be jamming with here that you didn't have a... And this is one of those things I, I kind of tend to overfold because I don't think people bluff enough at lower stakes. But it goes to show that at some point you have to take into effect... Sometimes people are just kind of losing their mind. And, like, the hands don't make that much sense. I mean, I don't... I think you should basically be putting people on hands. But you there is, like, another 5%. Well, you're like, this person could just kind of be going off the rails with this hand. Well, and like we said before, I mean, we'll, then we'll move on because we've been uh, going over it. But you got to take into account the table talk, too. I thought that was really good. I had a similar thing in Vegas. Last I, episode. Yeah, where <laughs> I had the King Jack uh, flopped the Jack high, but got re-raised on the flop. And then I hit the King on the turn. Well, I was very convinced this guy might have had a set, and when the the king comes, I'm like, that's not good for me. And I, it came across as weakness when it was actually strength, because I was like, well, it's not good for me that I'm not getting away from a set now. And I think if I don't table talk there, he doesn't barrel all three streets, and I didn't take into effect in it. I thought it was very good that in the moment you were actually contemplating that. Right, because that's actually what made me, I was very close in the spot, and that's what made me kind of go on that side of the fence. That was the final kind of decision point. So it was it was really great this time. Yeah, which is all that matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was a real heads-up move to take that into effect, because I, I discounted it, and it very much cost me. Uh, is my hand next, the bomb pot? I think I play those two hands kind of back-to-back, right? I think so. Yeah, I'll just, so go go for those. I mean, yeah, the bomb pots are so kind of confusing um, with just audio. I'll just kind of give you the breakdown of it. Yeah, just the bare the bare notes. Right. Um. So we they do a what they call it, they didn't call it a splash pot, but it was a they called it like a pot sweetener, something to where they added a hundred dollars in the pot pre flop. We can, for the sake of this, we'll just say it was a hundred dollar splash pot because way yeah. easier, right? Yeah. But the hundred dollars didn't count as pot in PLO. That was basically the only thing. One hundred, yes. So it was a hundred dollars. They put it in the pre flop. I get dealt king eight. And I still think I was like queen, maybe like another low card. Okay. Um, the flop comes eight eight deuce. Okay, so you flop trips with king kicker. Uh, sorry, and they'd already someone raised twenty five pre flop. Literally, everyone's calling to try to get that hundred dollars, right? Right. So, how much do you think would be in that pot now? Oh, it was it was a lot. It was like the almost everybody called, so it's probably I would say about one fifty. I think it was but, six ways, right? Before the hundred dollars, right? One fifty before. Oh the yeah, so two fifty actually in the pot, right? Um. So then one of the players leads out for like 175. Oh, it must have been 175. So he pots it, folds all the way around to me. I repot it. You fold, guy to your left folds. He calls and he has ace eight out 
outkicks me by one and uh, holds. I think the way you played, like, this is one of those that you really wish that $100 just wouldn't have been in there, right? 100%. You never even, I never even see a flop. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, you wouldn't have played this hand. And then it would just change the whole dynamics. Because you know people are playing more aggressively, too. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Everyone was trying to get that $100. I mean, so. literally, you're looking at the guy, too. And like I say, I think this is just a stone cold call. I mean, the biggest problem you have here is that you know this guy has at least an eight if he doesn't have pocket deuces. But the problem being is you have actually a pretty decent kicker too. So they could be doing this with jack eight. You could be doing this with queen eight, ten eight. Uh, so I I don't know. I like your play here, and it's one of those that you I, I feel like the way this is played, and it's just a cooler. Right. Well, given the situation, also really came into effect. Yeah, the situation was a huge effect. So it's like I say, is this one? I don't think there's much to really analyze. I mean, you just it's just just a cooler for you. <laughs> that was basically what summed up my session. I ended up being after that cooler, I ended up profiting eighty nine dollars or eighty six, something like that. Which you take that every day of the week, right? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, for me, was, I, I ran pretty well this session. I, uh, I had pocket kings several times. They held up. I had one where I flopped a set. And I'm wondering, like, when, as I'm wondering, like, how do I play this? Do I, should I actually be, just be checking here? Because there's not much somebody can have. Someone donks into me. I'm like, well, I'm just calling here. I mean, there was it was a dry board. There was nothing to be scared of. Uh, a turn comes. It's a blank. And <laughs> I'm like, well, what happens here? He donks into me again. Uh, and at this point, with what he donked into me, because he donked 50 both times and he wasn't that deep stacked, I knew that he had committed himself. And at this point, I just raise all in. And he calls and... Hit King Jack off, which I thought was... That was the strangest hand. I mean, I guess once you get there with the king, you're going to... You're kind of there, I guess. But, I mean, I I was not three-betting enough to be calling with King Jack off. Yeah, that many people wanted to bust you. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, so, I think his his uh, deal was just that preflop call. When, you, when you're calling King Jack off, into a three bet who's someone who's just not doing it crazily but it's only every now and then i mean you're just hemorrhaging money i mean i almost rather call a three bet versus someone who's three betting pretty i mean you three it pretty snugly i would say pretty tight on your three betting well i would say so but i think it's hard to say that because i feel like me and you three bet way more than the normal one three player true but i'd much rather call with Five six suited than King Jack offsuit. Oh, a hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Like, I didn't know if you were going to agree with me or not, but I hate being so dominated there. Yeah. No. I, I mean, a hundred percent on that one. Uh. Because five six. I mean, yeah. King Jack, like you say, just so easily dominated. If you're going to go with this route, I'd rather you call with the five six suited. Yeah. This guy is just so. This guy should just never be doing this, this with this hand and this short. I mean, this should just be a fold for this guy. Just totally. totally. That's a that's a great point. Yeah, that stack stack depth. You'd never should even be calling the five six suited. So 
Yeah, it's a... Uh, so, did that. Uh, I ran pretty good in the bomb pots. There was one, I flopped a set on both boards. I had pocket threes. There were threes, a three on each board. And I flopped a flush draw with each one. Uh, it ends up chopping a pretty big pot. The uh, Another one, pocket aces, one that you were in with a bomb pot, is someone bets, you call, and I have pocket aces overall and two pair on one board with no flush or straight on that board. And I pot it over the top. I actually get cold called by somebody else, and then you and the other guy fold. Uh, I hit a set of aces on the top board, and on the bottom board, I just have that two pair and end up scooping that one for a fairly large bomb pot. Oh, that's right. He had a different set, right? And that would happen. It was set over set. Didn't he have sevens? That's right. He flopped top set. And I just, I mean, kind of cooler for him. Definitely. Yeah. If I'm going to complain about getting set over set uh, last episode as a cooler, it's got to be a cooler for him. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I, I mean, he's, you know, he, I, you could tell he was kind of newish. He's kind of trying to justify his play. I was like, no matter what, I was jamming that turn. I was telling him, and I was completely being honest. Um, I did have one more interesting hand that we have to cover. Okay. That um, 8-3 hand. Oh, yeah. I had completely forgot about this hand. But this was relatively early in the session. This That's why I had was so deep stacked with that 8-5 hand. Why is my preflop brain so trash? But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's not the point. What the point is, is I was in the big blind, and I had 8-5 or 8-3. Was it suited or not? I don't think it was suited either. Well, I mean, it, you were in the big blind. It was like, it was a straddle. It was six all the way around. Wait, you couldn't have. No, I was in the big blind for sure. I called the six, the three more dollars. Oh, God, this early... Ooh, wow. Okay, I'm starting to understand. No, no. Sorry. It was under the gun straddle. The guy to my left was straddled. That makes way more sense. The, I was like, how in God's name could you call a button straddle here? With no, no, no. Three? It okay. went six, 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 six. It got to me. I was like, well, if this guy on my left doesn't repop it here, yeah. I can see the flop. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's uh. So yeah, you. Yeah, you end up completing there. Yes. Um. The flop comes. Eight three four. Was it rainbow? I believe so. I think so. And I'm like, well, I need to... Whenever it limps around like this, this time I like to take the betting lead. So I yeah. bet 30, I believe. And then I get re-raised to like 60 or 65. I then go all in for like, was it maybe $200, 250 something like that? Yeah, I think so. This guy calls so fast, and then he says, well, you better have it this time. And I was like, oh, boy. I was like, well, I mean. Oh, when he said that, I was I thought he was, I mean. I mean, I was ready to mock. I thought he had, like, second nuts is what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I thought he had a set of fours, too. I mean, especially since I had uh, <laughs> top and bottom. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, that ain't what you want to hear. Yeah. Um, I was hoping he had three, four, but, but um. I tell him, well, okay, I have two pair. And then he's like, uh-oh. I'm like, what do you mean, uh-oh? <laughs> like, whenever you give that speech, if you better have it, normally top pair is not. But he had an over pair. Yes. Yeah. It's... But I'm just saying, so I said yeah. that. And then he was like, huh? And then the board ran out 
clean for me. No, no board pairing cards. He turns over pocket tens. I feel like this guy was pretty new to poker. I just, I don't know. When you forfeit jam, I mean, you you just have pocket tens beat all day long here. Yeah, and then he was like, "What? What did he say? How can I play if donks are gonna call with eight three suited?" I was like, "That was the words to live by, right there, buddy." So I told him. <laughs> well, okay. No matter what, if you want to criticize you calling the extra three dollars for eight three, which I don't really mind when. It's, you know, 15 ways to the flop. You're getting ridiculous odds. I mean, it's just neither here nor there. But the real problem is having pocket tens and not raising pre-flop and just limping the $6 straddle. I mean, you make it 15, I'm gone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think I I I was suited, but... Yeah, I think you were suited. The more I think about it, I think you were suited. Yeah, because I think I fold uh, 8-3 off suit there, I would think. But um, <laughs> I think in, in hindsight, I would do it for sure. Um, but yeah, so that was um, I thought that was very strange, and he went on a little uh, tangent for a while. Yeah, and then you oddly entertained it for a while. <laughs> which I thought was well, kinda, I... which then kept him around, berating me longer. I was like, "Oh, this is great, Clint. Thanks." <laughs> I mean, I love this. I love when someone's berating me, walking away. Clint's like. Come back and keep going. <laughs> I mean, I had stacked him once. You could tell you could tell he's new to poker and you like I wasn't I just didn't take his like tyrant very seriously. It's also you could not just tell directed at you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's not directed at me, but I don't know. It's one of those things where just there's so many things about the way he was playing the way he was, you know, getting chips and all that, that, I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to sit there. Obviously, the pocket tens, not raising, that's a complete disaster. But when you can tell someone just is that upset, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I'm not going to sit there and rub salt in the wound. I mean, <laughs> it, that, that, that was not the time or place for it. I mean, if I saw him like a week later and he asked me about it, I'd be like, well, you just, got a raise there. I mean, you can't sit there and count on somebody else to re-raise or to to raise on there. Oh, no. I meant, I didn't mean um, to break down his hand. I meant he would, normally I think when people do that tirade at the table at the one three one two level, almost no one says anything and they just kind of talk for a bit awkwardly, then walk away. Mm-hmm. But when I say you entertained it, you actually went back and forth talking to him. Yeah, well, I felt when, bad for the guy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's what I meant by it kind of kept him there. Yeah. And then I was like, I mean, this conversation is over unless you have more money, right? I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't break that out at the table. <laughs> so, Tyler's like, oh, are you going to put more chips on the table? Then over there. <laughs> yeah. So, out the door. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> but yeah, so that was a pretty uh, big hand. Yeah, that's uh, that was definitely a pretty big one. Uh, I don't know. Like, I know I had some other ones. I ran a bluff with Ace King. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just... you want to talk about? I mean, you want to talk about annoying <laughs> Tyler? I mean, uh, me winning a pot just puts Tyler on so much tilt. I make it fifteen. It's called all the way around. I mean, everybody calls. So now we're seeing this flop with everybody, including like the drink girl i mean <laughs> uh the flop comes six six seven 
No. Oh yeah, it was six six seven. No, I remember with two diamonds. <laughs> no, it was four six six. The seven came on the turn. Uh, sure. The uh, so one like we're just so multi way. It's four six six. Somebody could easily have a six here. Uh, I have ace king of hearts. I check the it checks all the way around. Nobody shows any interest in the flop whatsoever. The turn is a heart giving me the nut flush draw, although it is a paired board. I'm like, with nobody showing any interest whatsoever, I'm going to take a stab here. And I bet, and I get one caller out of everybody. And it folds to me, and I'm next act. I I mean, I want to raise you so bad. <laughs> I mean, if it's... If it's not you and we're about to go record a podcast after this, you're getting bet like 250 there. I mean, it took everything I had not to raise you there. I mean, oh, trust me. You let me know. <laughs> I, mean, oh. I mean, when I see you slide that bet in there, I'm roll. I had to look awake. I'm rolling my eyes so hard. I'm like, this dude is just so out of line. Um, but I don't. I fold my ace nine suited like, you know, like a big blind would. And then, um, <laughs> you know. And then we end up getting to show. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. the turn, the river bricks. I have ace high, but I don't put my opponent as very strong. So I end up making a river bluff of like $90 or something, and I end up taking it down. Which, again, if you're going to make a loose call, like as your opponent, don't make it look like it's a super tough call. Yeah. I mean, which he did. He did, yeah, he did, because that definitely encouraged me to put that river bluff in. 100%. I mean, you should be betting there a ton of the time whenever he's sitting there, you know, looking like it's a real hard decision. Yeah. So. It's a, uh, well, I don't really know what he had. It didn't feel like he, whatever it did, whatever it was, it did not feel like he had much. And I was like, well, ace high, I mean, I'm just going to stab this. And I have noticed Bart Hansen brings us up a whole lot in his in his uh podcast and videos is your table image. I never realized how much table image goes into like your hands until like probably the last like I I knew but I didn't really pay attention the last like 6 to 9 months. When you are running good at the table, people just look at you different talk to you different when you are running bad at the table they just assume you are garbage and i mean i am the same player like i will go to one poker room and get a ton of respect and go to another one where i play the exact same but i've run it's nothing to do with how i've played on either one for that for the most part and they get you know just looked at like I'm a donk. Like, I mean, there, and my table image there was really good. I had it so much that it, I think it made it hard to call, too. Because I'm trying to kind of build that in my game a little bit. Because that's something that he always, like, preaches. But I never really paid that much attention to. And the more I pay attention to it, because, uh, I mean, like, a Paramount and Doghouse, like, I've won a lot. And they'll, you know, I get, you know, a lot of respect on there. But when Vegas... I mean, people who were bad poker players <laughs> were acting like, I mean, like I was just garbage. <laughs> so it's a, uh, so that table image, I think, really helped there too. <laughs> That's funny. Um, 
but yeah, I could not stand for that uh that bluff there. Oh, I wanted to race so bad. Oh, Tyler talks so much shit about this bluff after. And he's like, <laughs> "You were bluffing." And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, he's like, he's like, it was so out of line. And I was like, "Well, yeah, maybe like maybe I check aces or kings there and every now and then probably very very little i mean i hate checking aces or kings there whenever there's a flush draw available too and there's so many people in the pot well when it's that multi-way i mean it's very easy for someone to have a six there isn't it i think there are more flush draws and weird straight draws than there are uh sixes Probably so. Especially I mean, figuring two the, of them are on the board. And once I said that to you and we were talking, I was like, eh, probably not really actually checking. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I mean, maybe one thing if it was like six, five, four, I, I would probably check that. 100% you should be checking that. Yeah, but I mean, six, six, four, I mean, it's dry enough that I can take a stab here. I mean. Oh, no, it, no. I'm thinking you can get value from other flush draws too and weird kind of. People might call loosely in the game we play. People will call loose with like a five set, like kind of a gutter with some random stuff too. I think you should be betting to deny or to charge draws there too. So multi way, or even like pocket eights, pocket nines, and yeah, exactly, stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But when you check it there, I'm thinking. I mean, it's basically a give up to me. Um, and then whenever on the turn you try repping the back door flush draw to the outsider, I'm like, this dude. Well, I wasn't repping it. I no, had no, it. I know, but I don't know it in the hand. That's why I'm yeah. like, this guy is just, I mean, you want to talk about out of line. And then whenever it bricks off and you bet again, I'm like, I hate him. I'm convinced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's, well, it won on, you're right on the flop bet. It was a complete give up on the hand. As I, I think mean, it, yeah, it was 100% a give up. I mean, it's six ways of a flop. It's a paired board with a six. Uh, I mean, oh, no. I, I, I was just done with it until that turn. Right, no. Like, knowing the exact hand, I understand the exact way you played it, right? Yeah. But from the outsider, I'm like, if I have... I wanted to race so bad with my eight not, or ace nine, but that's not the point. Uh, <laughs> the point is, I think... Um, I think Table Mitch probably came into play there, and that guy folded just... Yeah, I think so. That was uh, it seemed to be. And like you said, I think he lied whenever he said he also had ace high. He's like, "Well, I only had ace high." You're like, me too. I think he, people are maybe kind of shocked. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I think that a lot of the table enjoyed us. I think a lot of tables get a kick out of us playing together, because the ones at a one hundred one that one time seemed to really. I mean, and they I seemed... lost two k. Well, they're probably getting a kick because you were just dumping <laughs> money on the table. That's a good I point. Mean, I got what's it called. Pocket aces versus queen deuce for all the money pre-flop. <laughs> and he, he rivers four cards to a straight. So I'm sure they were enjoying my company. That's true. I mean, if you're if you're just throw, if you're giving $500 splash pots every 30 minutes, all of a sudden people like you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's why I was popular. I was running like trash. Well, <laughs> so whatever you got to do be like, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, so it was a... Uh, so a great session for me. I end up up one thousand fifteen dollars, uh. So that really kind of helps the uh, hourly. I mean, Vegas, Vegas hit hard. So it was. Oh, it's been good to run this. Say <laughs> we haven't even finished covering Vegas. Uh, so <laughs> it's like, well, spoiler. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, here, 
we'll go ahead and go into the Vegas trip. I'm going to gloss over one because now it's been almost four weeks since I've been in Vegas. Don't remember a ton of the hands. I've done everything in the world to wipe them from my memory, actually. <laughs> uh, so I end up with MGM Grand. I do know I get Pocket Aces versus Ace King. When I have Ace King, I lose that one. I lose that in like the first, I think, orbit is I get Ace King versus Pocket Aces. <laughs> That's right. I remember this that text. Uh, and that just sets sets the entire thing on fire. Uh, I do get up a little bit on my second buy-in and then just get whittled down. I think I flush over flush to get kicked out of there. No, that was another MGM. <laughs> That's how you know you're running real bad. Yeah. Uh, so this, it was just a, there's nothing to say about this session. Because the sessions that are interesting to me are the ones where I could have done something to combat it. Like you always say, there needs to be an interesting decision point or something needs to happen. We don't want to just sit here and talk about coolers over and over again. No one wants to hear that. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, the I go to Golden Nugget, and this wasn't the worst hand. It I think this was where like things really started to crack, though. Cause I get pocket eight, I get pocket kings. <laughs> this is where things start to crack. I, I mean, feel like <laughs> this is where I'm really starting to lose it. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like the cracking had already begun. No, but... it had been, yeah, it had been going, but this is where I'm, yeah, it's really bubbling over. Uh, it's a good table, and I'm kind of like going up and down. I get pocket kings. I'm like, okay, finally, decent table, pocket kings. I raise. Again, the entire world calls. How much are you raising in these Vegas games where everyone's calling? Like 15. Do you ever think about making it 20? I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but I feel like you still get some people to fold. I guess right now you're not I mean, thinking about it. Sure. I mean, I got limp <laughs> I got limp called by Ace, King, Aces, Kings, and Queens the entire trip. I feel like they're probably calling 20. Uh, so... And I'm like, okay, give me... I've got pocket kings like 10 times. Please give me a clean flop. So the flop is ace, 10, 9 <laughs> with two spades. I mean, I can't think of a shittier, shittier, wetter flop than this. Obviously, you don't have the king of spades. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that matters that much, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, it gets... I get. I check. It checks. Of course, someone bets... I fold. It's a multi-way pot with an ace high up there and a raised pot. Somebody's got this. Uh, but what was super annoying is I fold and the other guy folds. The one guy who bet it had an ace. Shows ace 10. And the guy to my left has pocket queens. Oh, God. This, and this is where I'm really starting to lose. I mean, there's just so many ways this guy gets stacked. If this guy three bets pocket queens, this is, I mean, the ace ten's out of there. And we're probably just too deep for me to fold. Uh, too too short, yeah. Yeah, too short. Yeah, my bad. Uh, and then I'm also thinking, like, man, just give me any flop without an ace or a queen. <laughs> and, I mean, it's over pair versus over pair. We're just getting this all in. 
and there's a million ways for me to double up here. And this is where I'm really just, this is where I, the frustration really hits. I didn't, I don't remember that detail of the hand. I remember you getting the Kings and losing. I didn't remember um, that the guy had Queens and didn't three bet. I mean, so, I mean, this session, not super interesting, but I will say, I think that almost put me to another level of tilt. <laughs> When I, oh, I was I talked to you on the phone. It was a new level. Of <laughs> uh, so the next day, I go to a perfect game. It's a game I wanted to go to several times. It's the Troopers game over at Westgate on Thursday. Uh, and I mean, I ran like shit again. <laughs> it was by far the most fun game I've had uh, in the deal. The The people that go and play there and Trooper himself, they're a fun bunch to play with. And it was just a lot of fun. And the people who went to see him and everything, everybody's just re- was really cool. Uh, but some <laughs> hands I had. Ace, queen, I raise and get three bet small. It's like a min three bet. I make the call. I feel, I feel like I'm just getting too good of odds. The It's a jack-10 flop. He bets. And this is where I really think I screw up. I'm like, well, I have... He bets very. He bets pretty small. I have ace-queen, two overs, and I have a gutter to a king. That's what I thought when I made the call. But, I mean, when I'm looking at his possible three-betting hands, I mean... Aces, I'm dead too, pretty much. Kings, I'm dead too, pretty much. Queens, same thing. Now jacks and tens, which I had a good odds to call on the flop, I'm now dead too. Uh, this is a horrible call by me. Okay, <laughs> just making sure everyone's on the same page. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, it depends how small it is, but I mean... It was pretty small. I think it was like a third pot, but I mean... Okay, but it wasn't something crazy like $10. Yeah, it wasn't something crazy like that. And it was... This was just a really bad uh, deal. And I mean, and here's how bad it is. I hit the queen on the turn. And I check. He bets, and I still fold. Well, that's weird. Yeah, well, I mean... it's It's weird from how it's played... But, like, once he bets on that queen, what am I beating? I mean, ace-king is now. Ace-king is straight now. Oh, yeah, no, I know. I thought I thought he had ace-king. I, no, thought, he, I thought he, he actually sh- he showed pocket jacks for a flop top set. What's a good fold by you? I mean, it's always easy to break it down the next, right after the hand. But in the moment, I mean, that's a good fold. I mean, it's very weird to make a call, hit the card you're hoping for, then fold. That's what I was thinking, and it almost made me call. But I was like, well, I mean, what am I what am I hoping for when I call here? I thought he said it almost made you cry. <laughs> well, what's yeah. that too. But, uh, yeah, I think that's actually a really good fold um, in the long run, just not because he had pocket jacks, just because the analysis behind it seems solid. Yeah, it's a uh, so really good fold on the turn, really disastrous call on the flop. I mean, so. if you are going to call it and make the good fold, at least I like that you made the good fold. I like that you don't get stacked here. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, definitely glass half full. but uh, Ace-Queen, I bet 
to an eight high flop. He goes all in for a little under half pot. I figure, I mean, I've got pretty much odds to call here. I mean, I call, but I mean, here's the problem is eight high flop. I was thinking he had nines, tens, and I had good odds to call. He has ace king. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the epitome of running bad when I make this call. And I mean, I know I'm going to lose most of the time, but I'm getting the correct odds. I mean, about 25% I'm going to hit an ace or, queen, ace or queen. And I'm like, but I mean, ace king <laughs> is the weirdest one to jam there and just have me. I mean, I'm so it's a, and then he hits a king in that way, which I was great. So I could just muck it because it looked horrible that I just called with ace queen there. To, I mean, I mean, just drawing basically dead. <laughs> Uh, I end up, I have 8-9 suited. I raise and get 3-bet very small. This is another one that set me off the rails. 8-9 uh, like, suited. I get 3-bet very small. I flop 6-7 high. I mean, so this is kind of the dream flop. I'm like, well, now I've got open-ended. I mean, I do have two overs. Although, I mean, you could have like aces or kings. I don't lead for half pot because I'm like, well, let me go ahead and take advantage of some fold equity here because I don't really ace king just might check and I lose check back and I'll lose some fold equity and I can get them to fold even with the best hand. I'll, I kind of like this play. He re-raises all in. Now for the pot odds, it's a snap call. But Super annoying when I call and he has he re-raised me on the flop for a decent amount with Ace King. <laughs> I mean, I mean, which kind of started to lose my mind here because uh, I mean he has the best hand, but what? I mean, the Ace King is exactly what should be folding here. I mean, a ton of the time, I'm going to have 8s, 9s, 10s, jacks, those type of hands. I mean, even like, if I have 8, 9, I have 8, 7. It's just the weird, I mean, the weirdest fucking hands I could run into playing the weirdest fucking way. And they are clobbering me. <laughs> and it's just brick, brick. And <laughs> you kept, did you turn over 8 high? Uh... Yeah, I think I did, because I was like, well, you're good right now. <laughs> and uh, everybody's very confused when I said that. It's uh, when he re-raises all, all in, and I had a snap call, and ace high is good. The, the table starts to wonder. Like, uh, whose money are we taking? Yeah, it's like, this, <laughs> this dude might actually be retarded. Uh, I have pocket tens, player raises, I call. It's a seven high flop. I check it to the pre-flop raiser. He checks. There's another undercard. I bet 15. Get re-raised to 45. I'm like, what does he have here? It's a seven high flop. He raised. I make the call because he only raised. I bet 15. He re I get re-raised to 45 where I've got pretty good odds too. King is on the river. He bets 60. 
I just don't think that he ever has anything. I mean, what? I mean, he has a random king. He re-raised me on the the turn just now. Now he's trying to sell me as a king. I make the call. He has King Jack was re-raising me with air on the turn and got there on the river. And he said he was like, oh, I was just going to bet it on the river, but then I just got there. I mean. I cannot even imagine <laughs> your state of mind after that. Wasn't good, man. So uh, so this session, just, you want to talk about lose your mind, man. This, this was... This was exactly just the epitome of of the entire ideal. Uh, and then Caesar, so then I go, so that ends that session. Caesar's Palace. I get Ace King of Hearts as my last session. I make it fifty on a three bet. Flop comes ten high. I bet forty. He goes all in. I fold. Uh, and it's one of those things where I'm just. I'm so tilted. I, like I say, it's one thing to be tilted from one session. It's another to be tilted from multiple sessions. I think the big thing is just trying to look at the whole Vegas trip that was a complete disaster for poker. And like what you can take of it from... There were definitely a couple hand. This was 100% going to be a losing trip. When it's cooler after cooler, there's nothing I could have possibly done that would have made this a winning trip. But there are things I could have done that would have lessened the blow. I did mess up some hands that shouldn't have been messed up where it would have been at least a less of a disaster, which in the long run, that's a huge thing. Oh, 100%. I mean, if you can even lessen your losses by 5% over your lifetime, that's a ton of money if you play a bunch of poker, right? Yeah, so it was a... The there was a lot of little mistakes, and you know, I'd never hands I hit that are just way bigger than somebody else's where they had a great hands. Just coolers, you don't learn much from, but you can learn much a lot from the in between hands. So I, that's what I've kind of taken out of this trip, and trying to constantly improve on little areas where I can. So it was a it was a learning experience like i say i don't you don't learn much out of the coolers and this trip was just kind of going to be what it was but there are little areas where i could have lessened the effect right and like i had said before is i know you always like to look at your trip as a winning trip or a losing trip but then it doesn't really matter right i mean if you're playing poker over the long run the way you look at it is the correct way. I find it a hard way to, I find it hard to uh, view it that way. But the way you're looking at, a hundred percent, that's exactly how you should be viewing it. I mean, but what? We'll conclude on this though. But I mean, what the real hard part is, obviously, if you're running like that in Houston, you would not just keep going back to the table day in and day out, right? You would definitely, yeah, I would definitely take a break for a week. I mean, or there's so. plenty of stuff you could have done in Houston to take a break. Take two nights in a row off or something, right? But it is tough when you're running like that and you are there to play poker. It's kind of like, I mean, you know it's variance, but when the variance starts affecting your mindset and ability to play, I mean, it puts you in a real tough spot. Yeah, and I did other things other than just play poker. I spent some time at the eSports arena. I uh, did this and that. But at the end of the day, I mean, like you said, you're – you're there to play poker. You don't want to go there and just not play, you know. So it was, 
it was challenging. I always enjoy my trips to Vegas because I enjoy being there, enjoy being the energy, being near the WSOP. I thought it was a lot of fun. But it's hard to enjoy a vacation in which you are just getting just splattered at all, you know, at every corner. So, you know, it is what it is. You don't get to choose when the variance is going to happen. So that's a, that was the trip. And like I say, you just take it and learn from it. Absolutely. I guess on that note, this concludes the Texas Booker podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up, add time, and we'll see you next week.